Good morning. Uh, my name is Shane. If I haven't gotten a chance to meet everyone this morning, I think I have, but uh, if I haven't, my name is still Shane. So, um, good news, baby. Give me some good news, baby, because, man, there are times that in our life that we just need some good news. Like, uh, you're afraid of the phone ringing, you're afraid of the email coming in, because you're just like, what is going to be the next news that comes in, and is it going to be something that I really want to hear? And last week in this series, we kicked off this series um, called Giver. We looked at how Jesus is the giver of new life. And he talked to this religious leader, and how, and, and how for this religious leader, he thought life came by being religious. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Life doesn't come that way. Life comes by the Spirit. And new life comes by the Spirit. This morning, we're going to look at a completely different person. And I think that this is, it is no accident. Well, yeah, this falls in the timeline uh, you know, as, as it goes. I think it is no accident that John put these two stories so closely together in his story of Jesus' life. That we see Nicodemus, who is just completely good and completely righteous. And now we see this woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, who is the polar opposite of Nicodemus. And they're right there close to each other in the story. I think, I think John had a purpose behind that. Of showing life doesn't come through religion. And life doesn't come through, well, really anti-religion, of just living however we want to. So we're going to dive into this story. If you've got the Bible app on your smartphone or tablet, you can follow along there in the event. Uh, we put an event there every, every week that you can follow along. I encourage you to download the Bible app for your smartphone or tablet anyway, because then, boom, you've got the Bible wherever you go, right? We'll throw the scriptures up on the screen as well. You can Flip to John chapter 4. When Jesus knew that the Pharisees heard he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, though Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were, Jesus was smart like that. He knew that if people, like, once people, like, once he resurrected, and, and, and if you were baptizing people, and, like, you're the one baptized by Jesus himself, you'd, you'd wear that as a badge of honor, right? You'd, like, tattoo that on your shoulder. Like, I was baptized by Jesus take that, right? Like, so I think Jesus was kind of, you know, practically smart that way. He left Judea and went again to Galilee. He had to travel through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about six in the evening. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her. For his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, she asked him. For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And as the, as the video said, really what that means is Jews and Samaritans do not drink from the same cup. We do not eat together. Like, your disciples have gone into town to buy food from us, but we cannot sit at the same table to eat together. So why on earth are you asking me for a drink? On top of that, I'm a woman, you're a man. This doesn't add up. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying 
to you, give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't even have a bucket, and the well is deep. So where do you get this living water? I love how the video portrayed her skepticism, right? Like, what are you talking about? This well is forever deep. You don't have a bucket. How on earth are you going to get some water that's better than what I got to offer? Plus, plus, you aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? I mean, if, if I were Jesus, I mean, I'm not, newsflash, but if I were Jesus, like, the conversation would be over there, right? Well, as a matter of fact, I am, right? Jesus is smart that way, that he didn't, like, he just let her go. He gave us the well and drank from it himself and did his sons and livestock. Like, what this woman is saying is this well is a thousand years old and I can still get water from here, okay? Like, it hasn't run dry yet. So what kind of water are you talking about that is living, that is better than what I got in this well that is a thousand years old? Anybody drink a thousand-year-old water in here? Anybody? Anybody? I doubt it, right? Like, America is not a thousand years old, right? I mean, I know the land mass is, okay, I got that, and blah, 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 what we, but, like, come on, right? What we get out of our tap water here in the Republic, not a thousand years old, we're not tapping in a thousand year well here. And that's what she's talking about. What kind of water you got that's better than this thousand year water that keeps running and keeps flowing that I can come here and continue to get water from it. Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I give him will never get thirsty again, ever. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up within and in him for eternal life. Look, living water gives eternal life. What we're looking at this series is that Jesus gives eternal life and we're breaking it down to the different aspects that Jesus told us how this eternal water comes or this eternal life comes. And this week is that he is the giver of living water and this living water is eternal life. Look, those of you that grew up in church, I want to shatter your thought of eternal life. Pick up the one shard that that, 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 that that thought represents and come and let's rebuild a new thought around eternal life, a thought that is more biblical than what we grew up on. Because what I grew up on was if you pray a prayer asking Jesus to forgive you out of, uh, for your sins because you have sin in your life, and hell is bad, and sin sends you to hell, and if you just pray this prayer... Ten, Mr. Ten-year-old kid, you'll get to live forever with Jesus. I mean, we literally are scaring the hell out of kids and getting them to pray to prayer. I mean, this is a no-brainer, right? <laughs> right? This is a no-brainer. Look, here's the deal. That is true. But only one sliver of the truth. The great news is, is that the truth is even better than this. Jesus is not telling this woman, look, I've got this living water, but you've got to wait till you die to find it. That's not what he's telling her. It's very clear from the context. That's not what he's telling her. He, what he is telling her is this. 
You can find this living water right here and right now. You can find this eternal life right here and right now. What Jesus is telling her is this. Eternal life is vitality from God through our soul into our everyday life, into every dimension of life. That's what Jesus is offering this woman. Vitality that comes from God, that comes directly from God's throne. I'll do a mini-sermon later this week about that from Revelation. Directly from God's throne, into our soul, and through our soul, into every dimension of life. Look, it's better than wait to die and get it. Let's find it right now. Where are you dry? Where do you need the vitality? Where do you need life? God wants to give that to you right here and right now, today. The obvious question becomes, Sir, give me this water so I don't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Like, again, I think they get this spot on in the video. She's like, Okay, I'll bite, right? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll bite. Like, you got, you got a timeshare deal? Okay, I'll bite, right? Like, okay, okay what, what, are you, what are you talking about here? All right, let, let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's give it to me. Uh, all right. I get tired of coming to this well. If what you got is, is better than what I got, then okay, give it to me. Give it to me. Let's see it. What do you got? Go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said. For you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. What I put in the notes for him to put up here was, was, was we must deal with our faux living water. But really... Um, if I were to change this, I would say, uh, go get your husband. <laughs> go get your husband. You're like, well, my husband's here. Like, what are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? Go get your husband. Look, we have to deal with our faux living water. Go get your husband. That's what he told her. In order to find the living water that I have to offer, you have to go and get whatever living water you think is going to give you vitality, and we got to deal with that one first. Who is your husband? No, no, not who's sitting next to you. Who is your husband? See, for this woman, it really wasn't about husbandry. It really wasn't about the man. And, and even today, we, we, look at, we look at this passage through our eyes, that this woman has, has five, no, six uh, 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 scarlet letter A's on her. And yeah, there's truth to that, but here's what's going on in their culture. In their culture, husbands possessed the wives, like literally, like legally possessed the wives. And so what would happen is that the husband would use up the wife for however he wanted to use her, and when she did not perform for him anymore, he got a divorce from her and said, I'm through with you. I'm, you're just nothing to me anymore. You're useless to me. 
This has happened to her five times, and the man that she's living with now doesn't even have the decency to get married to her. Why is she coming to the well all alone? Because she's got this scarlet A all across her back, and the, and the society, her culture, doesn't want to do anything with her, have anything to do with her, and really, quite frankly, she probably doesn't want anything to do with them either. But see, her living water wasn't about sex. It was about the fact that she didn't know where else to turn for provision. I'll do whatever he wants me to do for the time that he'll, he, he wants it if I have food and shelter. And that's what kind of life I'm going to live. Look, Jesus challenges her, doesn't he? He challenges her to move past where she is, but he does it with mercy, doesn't he? What you are telling me is the truth. What did she say? I don't have a husband. What is that? 10% true? 20% true? Right? Like, she doesn't tell him the truth. I mean, good, good religious people would look at Jesus and go, no, no, Jesus. I mean, you got to tell her exactly what's wrong with her. Right? No one is she sleeping around. Like, you got to tell her that she's lying to you. Come on, Jesus. What's wrong with you, Jesus? Jesus looks at her with mercy and compassion, challenges her to move past where she is, but he does it with mercy and compassion, seemingly overlooking her flaws. That's good news for you. It's good news for me. Because whatever we got in our past that we think will supply us with living water, he's like, yeah, I know it's there. But I offer you the real thing anyway. I got good news, baby. He offers all of us the real living water anyway. Who's your husband? Is it acceptance? Is it approval? Is it image? Is it sex-related? Porn? Relationships? Is it success? Is it work? What do you run to? What would Jesus tell you? Go get your fill-in-the-blank that you are using to try to get vitality, but it doesn't work. It leaves you dry. See, everything that I just mentioned is a part of his creation. It is a part of his good gift to us. But what we do is we take the gift of God and we think that that is vitality. This is the story of the prodigal son. That'll be another mini-sermon later on this week. That is the story of the prodigal son. He thought that his old man gave him gifts and that was life. But his life came from the fact that his old man loved him. Your vitality comes from the fact that the father of the universe, the one who created life to begin with, loves you, died for you, so that you can find living water 
that is true and will never run dry. When he says you will never thirst again, it's not that your soul doesn't thirst. It's that you will find where your soul will get refreshed and refilled. And you find that you don't run back to that full living water anymore. See, sin isn't this arbitrary offense against God that he just arbitrarily gets mad about. Sin is about us saying, I take your creation, God, as my vitality. And I don't really care about you. Jesus is telling this woman, I don't care what you've done. I will offer you, and I am offering you, this living water if you are willing to take it. That's good news. That's the gospel. That's what he is offering you today, this morning, for the first time, or every day of your life. The good news is, it isn't about praying a prayer when you're 10, 11, 12, 5, whatever. It is about finding this living water every single day of your life because we need it. See, this next section, I was always a little confused about. Ah, this doesn't seem to fit. This doesn't seem to fit. Dawned on me where this fits now. Sir, the woman replied, I see that you're a prophet. Like, <laughs> we would call this creeping today, really. I mean, come on. Like, we've got a few people that are brand new today. If I came up to you, <laughs> like, chit-chatting, you know, shooting the breeze a little bit, and then... I just up front, like, just gave you the deepest, darkest sin that you have committed. Like, awkward, right? Yeah, right? Like, we just journeyed into the office, right? Like, awkward. I see that you're a prophet. <laughs> Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, yet you Jews say that the place to worship is, is in Jerusalem. See, she's starting to understand. She actually has done what Nicodemus couldn't do. Nicodemus stayed in the physical. She, she, Jesus, is trying to take her to the spiritual by utilizing a, a, a physical metaphor, right? He did the same thing for Nicodemus with, with new birth, but Nicodemus wasn't figuring it out. He had too much religion in him to figure it out. She figured out that he was bridging to the spiritual. And so what she's doing is, okay, 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 okay. I see we're in a spiritual conversation now. So where do I find this living water? Is, is it good enough to go to our place of worship where we Samaritans worship? Or do I have to make the journey down to Jerusalem to the temple and worship there? Because really, quite frankly, that's scary to me, right? I'm a woman with all these A's across my back. going into a man-driven religion who stones such people. Jesus told her, Believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and is now here. Right here, right now. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. What He is telling this woman is that the well is everywhere. 
The well is everywhere. Look, look, look. You don't have to go to your place of worship. You don't have to come to our place of worship. The well is everywhere. And that's good news. We hold no key to God in special form here. The Old Testament says it clearly. You do not need a teacher anymore. You've got the Spirit living in you. This is the prophecy of the Old Testament. You can find God anywhere and everywhere. Guys, this, used, this building used to be a furniture store. There's nothing holy about this place. Right? When you would come in here and it smelled like crap, like literally crap, we do not know where it was coming from. It smelled good in here this morning, but literally it smells like crap. You know this is not a holy building. No more than your bathroom is at home. God is everywhere. As good religious people, that freaks us out. Right? Because other religions have hijacked that thought and said God is in everything. That's different. God is everywhere. And you can worship Him in spirit and truth everywhere. And what I think by worship isn't about, we think, song, right? No. The context is living water, right? The context is living water. The context is eternal life. Look, look, look. We worship God when we tap into His vitality for this living water. That is worship. Do songs help us? Absolutely. I mean, come on. Like, it jazzes your insides, right? You can come in here in the rottenest mood and then be like, yeah, this is why we let our kids dance in church. Strike that from the record, right? Like, I. Because uh, God, the kids can teach us a thing or two about vitality, right? As us curmudgeon adults, just like, I'm in church, but I don't have to like it. Like, what? Where the heck does that come from? Not his word. Not from the giver of living water. Not from the giver of eternal life. He's everywhere. Well, I can't take my Bible to work. I just told you how to get your Bible into work. It's this thing right here. Right? Well, they took prayer out of schools. Forget that! Everybody that's got the Spirit with, living within them can pray to God at school. I don't care if you're a teacher or not. Stop living in fear to whatever the other per person tells us to live. God is there, and his kingdom is there, and his living water is there, flowing into your soul for every aspect of life. He's there. He's there. Loving you and loving everybody around you drawing them into his kingdom, drawing him to his living water by using you to do it. God is everywhere. Now, we've got to worship him in spirit and truth, right? The energy, the vitality is spirit. But we can't just follow our heart, right? 
our heart will take us down the wrong road. She's kind of cute, but she's not, my, she's not my wife. But, you know, gives me vitality to think about this. No, not truth. Well, this porn, man, gives me vitality. Not truth. If I lie here and do this, it'll give me vitality. Not truth. But if we go all in on truth, but lack the Spirit, we are lacking the Spirit of God. And that's a problem as well, right? That's a problem as well. Spirit and truth, how do we do that? Bible, prayer, community. Simple, right? If we have those three things in our life, it's really hard to not go down one road or the other. Bible, prayer, community. Community like this, community in small group, community one-on-one, texting each other, whatever. Bible, prayer, community. God is everywhere. He wants you to worship Him in spirit and truth. How do we do that? Bible, prayer, community. We do not check off boxes. Say, I've done my Bible thing today. We go to the Bible for living water. We go to prayer for living water. We go to community for living water to recharge, refuel our soul so that He gives us the vitality for every dimension of our life. But also, wow, shoot. The next set of the next set of scriptures didn't change up from last week, so I'm gonna have to go find it. Also, another check and balance to this. There we go. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. I am he, Jesus told her, the one speaking to you. Look, the well is Jesus. This is another checks and balances to what we were talking about before. The well is Jesus. If you are hearing and following Jesus, you will find his living water. You will find his eternal life. He will give you vitality for life. What, no matter what the life is, I'm not talking about everything will be hunky-dory, a bed of roses. You find out when you lay in a bed of roses that roses have thorns. And when life gets thorny, he still gives you life. And for coming to Jesus, for finding him for life, for finding him to be the well for life, which he is, we cannot go down the wrong path. He will give us the vitality for whatever part, whatever life throws at us. And lastly, I've mentioned this, but bring others to the well like the woman left her jar there, left her whole reason for coming. Now many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said when she testified. That the group of people that wanted nothing to do with her and she wanted nothing to do with him, she went right into the middle of to testify about what Jesus was telling her. He told me everything I ever did. <laughs> Only one aspect of life, but it was a big aspect. So it was like, he told me everything I ever did. Therefore, when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two day, days. I mean, think about the disciples. Like, what mind trip are they going on, right? Like, they're not supposed to be in Samaria. Samaria. These are the, this is the enemy. We do, not, we do not drink from the same cup. We do not eat at the same table as these people. But now here, our leader is hanging out with them for a couple of days. Like, woo, <laughs> woo, <laughs> I don't know what to do with this, Jesus. 
He gets us uncomfortable on mission. Many more believed because of what he said. And they told the woman, we no longer believe because of what you said, for we have heard our, for ourselves and know that this rea- really is the Savior of the world. Look, it's not about what we say to Jesus or about Jesus or get people to believe in a set of, set of rules and beliefs and doctrines. It's about bringing people to living well. And what they're telling this woman is that we now have drank for ourselves from the living well. We see that Jesus is the living water. We see that Jesus gives the vitality. We see that we were relying on faux living water and now Jesus is the real deal. We've seen it for ourselves. He wants to use you to give away the living water that is within you. That he is, that he is bubbling up within you. He wants to use you to give that away so that people can not just hear about Jesus, but experience His living water for themselves and experience the vitality for themselves. He wants to use you. He wants to use you for His mission. We'll get more into that in a couple of weeks. Eternal life is the vitality that God gives us flowing out of His throne through our soul for every dimension of our life our family, our relationships, sex, finances, work, career, mission, every dimension of our life, he gives us this vitality so that we can give this living water away to other people. The question is, the question is, what well are you drinking from? Look, we all go back to the full living water, right? We know it's fake, but we go back. Jesus is offering this every day of our life. No matter what we've done, no matter what we've promised Him, no matter what promise we've gone back on, no matter what, He offers this every day of our life. Come drink of the well that is Jesus. It never ever, ever runs dry. It will fill up your soul. It will refresh your soul. It will give you vitality to go through whatever He has for you to go through. Disclaimer, disclaimer, when you start following Jesus, it'll kick your butt. In some aspects, life will get worse. That's not a good marketing pitch. I got it. Jesus gave the same one to his disciples. But it's worth it. Because instead of being dry because we're chasing after water that just makes us even more dry, instead of being dry because of that, he fills us up for whatever he's got us to go through. The highs and the lows. The question is, What well are you drinking from? We're going to have a time of reflection and worship. Consider that question. What well are you drinking from? The living water is offered to you right here and right now. No matter, no matter, no matter what baggage you came in here with. Chances are, it's not the baggage she was carrying, right? His living water will refresh you. Let's pray.
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for this day. This chance to come be before You. Let us find this living water that You give us. Let us see it. Let us thirst for it. Let us be refreshed by it, renewed by it. Let us to find new life because we have found it. Help us. We thank you. We love you. It's your name we pray. Amen.